Hey there, this episode is brought to you with support from an arts and culture grant from the city of Fort Myers. And in case you aren't aware yet, our next live show is next Monday, November 25th at 7 p.m. at the Palace Pub and Wine Bar in Cape Coral. Our guest is Lee Brettschneider, who hosts Trivia Night there. Our recording will actually precede that night's trivia, which will be music and three-song stories and public broadcasting-centric. And of course, please come find us on Instagram and Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Now, on to the show. One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the place where musical memories are converted into heartfelt stories. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Barbara Fisher. Barbara's bio starts by saying she's a Southwest Florida harpist who has never known a home without a harp. Her primary teachers have included Mary Johnson, Laura Elder, and Elizabeth Lilly. Barbara's style of playing is largely inspired by her mother, Bambi Fisher, and gospel harpist Linda Rice. Through her collegiate studies, Barbara's had the opportunity to play under renowned composer, conductor, and clinician Dr. David R. Holsinger. She says she frequently adds musical ambiance to events like weddings, dinners, and church services, but she says her main love is arranging music for the harp, especially gospel and pop, which she shares on her YouTube channel. She says she loves the feeling of playing what she calls unharpistic pieces on an electric harp and hopes to bring the harp off the pedestal and into the real world. Barbara was awarded Best Musical Performance in Ghostbird Theatre Company's 2017 24-hour festival, and she participated in their 2019 festival alongside a chicken. Seriously, Barbara has been published in a premier harp periodical, the American Harp Journal, and enjoys teaching private music lessons as well as blogging. She also holds a BA in communication and an MA in English. She reached out to us to be a guest, and we thought, hey, a harpist who does duets with chickens. That's right up our alley. So here we go. Hi there, Barbara. How are you? I'm great. I love my intro. Oh, well, thank you. You wrote most of it. <laughs> well, um, you did. You brought your voice to Well, it. I'm it glad I could do what beautiful. I do. Um, where'd you get that chicken? Um, I borrowed it from Feliciano Family Farms. Oh. It was it was quite the track down to find a chicken. It was a little chicken, too. It was like a juvenile chicken. It was like a teenager chicken. A teenager chicken. I, she was kind of in her ugly stage of life. But. Can, can you uh, reflect on that real quick, how that came about and, and where that chicken is now? Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know where the chicken is now. I hope she's very happy with her chicken family and friends. Um, but so the 2019 Ghostbird Theater 24-hour festival, I started doing it in 2017. Um, Jim Brock, who you've had on this uh-huh. show, is a big in the Ghostbird Theater company. And um, I won in 2017. In 2018 and 2019, Kyle Ann Dugan actually kicked me out of mm-hmm. my reigning position. Duggan. Duggan. Well, you hey. – tomato, tomato. Well, Duggan. Is it Duggan? Okay. It is. And I – I knew, we tap danced together when we were kids, by the way, too. Oh, wow. She doesn't remember me, though, so I'm getting her back by saying her name wrong. Um, but so, yeah, so one, they give you a prompt, and then you come back in 24 hours with a completed piece. And um, this one had to do with a chicken, and so I thought I had to have a chicken. I thought either I would, you know, make great waves or I'd get kicked out or make a new rule for next year for having a live animal. So How was the chicken received? Uh, she was a hit. Probably more popular than I was. She didn't really make much noise. No, she didn't. She just kind of did the silent thing. She did. She was resting. <laughs> um, and so you haven't performed with her since, obviously. I have since not. Since you don't know performed. where she is. No, I returned her to her home. I realized from that experience that I'm not sure I'm cut out to be a farm girl. Right. I thought I wanted chickens, but 
not so sure now. So uh, we normally start with what's the musical background of your childhood, but I know yours was harp-centric, so delve into that. Yeah, so my mom plays harp. Um, there's, like in my bio, there's always been at least one harp in the house. Mm-hmm. Harps are kind of like rabbits and multiply. Um, but so I grew up with the harp. My parents never really forced me to take lessons, which for my personality, that worked out well. Right. Um, and I could just ask my mom questions if I had questions or um, I guess she would teach lessons and afterwards I would come out and do like what she had taught in the lesson. Mm. Probably because I was a je- jealous child and, you know, wanted to be able to do whatever other kids did. But yeah, so then um, I started formally taking lessons in high school uh, with Mary Johnson and um, that was during the summer. And then I went to college. I went to Lee University for a while. Where? Lee University. It's in Cleveland, Tennessee. Okay. Um, and then I transferred to FGCU. Um, I was a music major for a long time. And then, like many music majors, I changed majors and graduated with a degree in communication. Ah, where were you growing up? Where was that? Fort Myers. And that was Fort Myers? Yes. How'd you end up in Tennessee? I had— Harp scholarship? I, no, I wish. Um, no, <laughs> I had wanted to go to Lee since I was a kid. It's a Church of God college, oh, okay. and I grew up um, when I was young. The church we went to was Church of God. Okay. So what kind of—is uh, your mom a professional harpist? Yes, yes. Um, she's let me take over the, bil- over the business— um, but she pl- she would play gigs and a lot of freelance stuff, and she also taught privately. Um, when you walked in real quick, you said you're going to have to tune up the harp. You know, like a guitar, you go from one climate to the other. You got to retune the strings. When that happens with a harp, does that mean you have to retune however many strings are on a harp? You should. How many strings are on a harp? Uh, I guess it depends on the harp. It depends on the harp, and also my mom's uh, phrase is, "How many are broken? How many oh. strings are broken?" You know, yeah. Anyway, because we're tacky. Um, but, yeah, so this one has 24-ish. Is that like a travel harp? This is a – it's called a lap harp. A lap Because you're supposed to hold it on your lap, but it's very uncomfortable to hold on my lap. Real quick, before we move on to the rest of the normal show, my grand – or my, my mom's sister, my aunt, her name is Barbara, and she's a harpist. And she's a clown. And sometimes she dresses up as a clown and she travels around in her convertible with her harp. Is this a true story? It's a true story. Can I please meet her? Because I love clowns. <laughs> okay. When I, I was little, I wanted to be a crown. I will connect you with Aunt Barb. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> I love clowns. Uh, okay. So besides harp music, what kind of music were you hearing around you when you were a kid? Um, well, I grew up with a lot of like Lawrence Welk type music um, and – the monkeys, that kind of stuff. Like, probably not traditional stuff. You know, like, people who grow up with 60s music, it's probably not like the monkeys and the partridge family. Yeah. But I listened to a lot of that. Um, not, I'm totally blanking, right? Um, what was the first music that you identified with that wasn't Lawrence Welkie? That's a great question. Probably like the monkeys. Okay. <laughs> I know that's – and also we have a family friend, Linda Rice, who has influenced me a lot and she had made recordings and actually that influenced my heart playing the most probably. What about uh, music that was popular in the culture? Did that ever creep in or did I, you pretty much make it all the way till now without de- dealing with it? It started creeping in and um, – it's funny because I didn't really listen to a lot of, like, the popular music when I was growing up, um, like Sync and Backstreet Boys. But, of course, it was still playing. So, like, I'll listen to it now and it still reminds me of it. And, like, I, I get kind of nostalgic for that time. That's funny how pervasive it was in the culture that you didn't even pay attention to it, but it still makes you nostalgic. Yeah. It, 
I think I don't know if this actually happened, but in my brain, I remember being at the roller skating rink and hearing Britney Spears like "Baby One More Time" or something, and like singing along to it, even though I didn't really listen to it. It was so, like you said, pervasive. But you know how old I am is I remember 25? being in no being in Kansas City as a very young child listening to another brick in the wall at the roller rink and not knowing what the hell was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so early musical memory. Like, if you go far back as you can, what flashes up? Lawrence Welk. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm such an old soul. Um, Yeah, probably like Lawrence Welk or Mr. Rogers. Um, That's how I know about Yo-Yo Ma from Mr. Rogers. Oh, wow. Yes. I like that I'm doing some PBS plugs here, but it's accurate. (laughs) Um, What about music moving you? Okay, I remember – like an early time? Yeah. An early time. Or just the first thing that popped into your head. The you had something. The first thing that popped into my head was, I think I was in high school, and this is gonna. I'm gonna sound like such a weirdo, but that's okay because I am. But listening to too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and will you tell me if I'm talking too fast too. No. Okay. Um. So, um, so I remember listening to a Carpenter song. And, like, conducting with it like a weirdo. Um, and, like, it just felt so cool to do that. So, Any idea which one? Um, no, I don't remember. Oh, uh, because if you did, Richard was about to look it up and play it, it and make, make you conduct. It. <laughs> it was one from Carpenter's Gold, which is, like, a two-CD set. So, okay. sorry, Richard. Uh, did you ever play any musical instruments beside the harp? Yes. A great question. I had piano. I actually teach beginning piano as well. Um, And then I had piano in college. I pretended to play French horn in elementary school because I didn't practice, so I was no good. Um, And then I played trombone in middle and high school and some of college. And then, like, as a music major, I had to take some techniques classes. So um, I had half semester trumpet, half semester French horn um, and string techniques, which I was awful at, and percussion techniques. So when you were learning the harp, were you learning theory too then or was that not till you got into more formal education later? I did learn something like pop type theory. Yeah, well just, you know, how music all fits together in a, yeah. in a way other than I'm memorizing if I play this, it sounds good. Yeah, so like what I like to play off of mostly are um, fake books or fake, fake sheets or cheat sheets mm-hmm. or real books. Um, and so I learned a lot of theory from that. I actually prefer to play off those than like typical harp music. Um, but that's a lot of what my mom plays off too. So I could just ask her like, you know, what are the notes in this chord or whatever. Okay. Time for your first song. Okay. What is it? Um, wait, any order? Well, I have them in the order that you listed them, but we okay. can move them around if you'd like. No, perfect. Which one did I put first? My love song to you. Okay. What is it? Oh. Um, or, do, or do you want to tell the story? Do you want to listen to it? That's your choice. Um, I'll tell the story. Okay. So I made notes because I'll forget things anyway. Um, so that's a song they had on the TV show The Honeymooners. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an episode where Ralph and Al- Ralph and Ed um, tried to be songwriters and stuff. Um, and so actually not too long ago I was rewatching that episode and it kind of brought back all these memories. Um, so I was obsessed with The Honeymooners in like middle and high school. Again, not a typical my generation person, but whatever. We've already established that I'm a weirdo. Um, and so Joyce Randolph, um, act, one of the actresses who played Trixie Norton, I wrote to her. I sent her a birthday card. Her birthday's in October too. And then she wrote back, and it was awesome. Um, How old would you have been at the time? I would have been uh, 
like 12, 13, okay, something okay. like that. And then come to find out her wedding anniversary was on my birthday, which, of course, I thought was really cool. So we wrote back and forth for a while. Um, and she – this is going to sound like I'm totally making this up, but she even called the house when I was um, younger. And I just, you know, felt like hot stuff, I'm sure. And um, so that's what – that reminds me of that time um, – even when I was in high school, I was dual enrolled, and I had a speech class, and I gave a speech on the Honeymooners and wore my Honeymooners Ralph Cramden t-shirt, like a total nerd. Um, yeah, so that's that. Well, you want to hear it? I'd love to hear it. Uh, this is My Love Song to You, performed by Bob Manning, like she said, from the Honeymooners episode, The Songwriters. So describe where that takes you back to. I just love that song. Um, just remembering how much I loved it and, like, the happy part of that time. I mean, I would not want to go back to middle school, but the happy the happy part of that time. And it was reminding me – well, maybe my notes were reminding me, but I went to New York City several years ago. And my one touristy thing I wanted to do was um, see the Ralph Cramden statue. And I did. <laughs> And the premise of the TV episode that that was from was that they wrote that song. Can yes. you just real quickly summarize yeah. a little bit beyond that? Yeah, yeah. So um, Ralph and Ralph is always getting these harebrained schemes right. for making money and drags Ed into them. And they decide they're going to be songwriters. And so they write this song um, and then it ends up going on the radio. <laughs> um, uh, do you still watch The Honeymooners? I I watched. Is it like all available on Hulu now or something? Probably. I think it's on Amazon. I don't have any of those cheap, Um, but I was house sitting and or dog sitting, and so I watched that episode. Um, But yeah, so yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, where does music fit into your life in general besides playing the harp? Oh, um, everywhere, pretty much. I mean, that's really a cliche answer but so like the playing the harp type thing is my job um but then you know songs get stuck in your head you listen to songs you have the radio on all kind of stuff what if you're in the car if you're listening to music are you listening to like fm radio a lot of times it depends i go back and forth between like stuff on my phone or or whatever that i've you know downloaded and radio is there any modern music that you're into yeah um a lot of them I just like, like you know, the, the singles or whatever is what I'm into. I like Kelly Clarkson, Lauren Daigle. Um, okay. I was wondering if we were ever going to get to anything, you know, yeah, newer no. than 1954. No. <laughs> I am. Well, Lawrence Welk went to the 80s. Um, but no, yeah. I well, like, but it was recorded in 1939. <laughs> uh, um, but no. Um, but yeah, I like music from today, too. These are just, I would say, like my most story-bound yeah, songs yeah, yeah. for the moment. When was the last time you bought music that had a physical form? Ooh, good question. Um, ooh, probably years ago. Probably years ago. Like CD? Yeah. You're not into vinyl? Um, I would love to be if I set up a record player. I mean, I have vinyl, but... Um, you store wanna, vinyl. I, I'm a wannabe. You're a wannabe. Yeah. What's, the, what's the most recent um, one you remember buying physically? A CD? Ooh, um, ooh no, I know. I think it was at like a Goodwill or a Salvation Army. I think I got several CDs, but one of them was by I found a French CD by a girl. I think her name was Jennifer, but it's probably like Jennifer. <laughs> so yeah, that's the last one that I remember. Okay. Oh, do you remember the first music that you owned? Um, I don't know if these were the first, but I remember going to a CD store with my mom. Um, I think it was Specs, maybe by mm-hmm. Edison Mall. Yeah. 
Um, specs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> like, I think I had just gotten like a CD player boombox thing or something. You know, I had the cassette tape thing and everything too. Um, but she bought me several CDs. One was, I think, Mozart's Harp and Flute Concerto with some other stuff. Um, a monkey CD, a Partridge Family CD, and it seems like there might have been some others. Yes, a Flaky 40s CD that okay. had like hokey songs from the 40s. That like was probably Dance. stuck. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like maybe that relates some foundational work. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, real quick, Monkeys, you've mentioned it several times. My first concert that I ever attended was the Monkeys on Reunion Tour at the Charlotte County Fair in 1986. Oh, that's so cool. Something like that, 86, 85, 87, somewhere in there. And that was the, all, all four of them. That was them. Um, My sister had a thing for Davy Jones. Every, all go. the girls did, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was on the talk show that we'd make here. At the he station. was on, yeah, he was on Gulf Coast Live years ago. What? Yeah, I have a pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> negative story. We won't, yeah, so I don't want to talk about it. We don't want to ruin his memory. But, it was, oh. but it, was, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to use the force on Davy Jones. <gasps> yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Oh, So where do you play the harp out in the world? Um, I play various places. Um, Weddings. No, I totally forgot where I ever play the harp. What is this thing sitting next to me? All Um, over the place. Weddings. Weddings. (laughs) Weddings, funerals, other joyous occasions. No. Um, So like weddings, brunches, you know, background music for restaurant type events, um, corporate events, that type of stuff. Have you ever integrated it into any bands or musical groups or anything like that? Oh, that's a I mean, good do does, like, do harps integrate with bands and musical groups? You mean like rock type bands or yeah. like concert bands? Okay, no, like yeah, like you know, like like Jethro Tull takes the flute to a rock and roll show kind of thing. I would love to do more of that. I've done a teeny weeny bit. Um, I have a friend who um, who jams with a guitar player and stuff like that. So we've jammed some, and then um, a teeny weeny bit in high school. Uh, and then I duo like with flutes and stuff like that sometimes, but that's not like a rock band. Do you improvise or do you just read, you know, the stuff you were talking about reading from? I, I do improvise some. I'm not so great at like improvising with other people, which I would like to be better right, at also. Right. Um, but, you know, practice. Anyway, um, but yes, I do improvise some and it's great because it can stretch a piece out longer. Yeah. Or, you know, like if your music stand's blowing over and you can't really have a music stand very well, you can improvise. I could, love it. If you put on music, could you pick up your harp and kind of hear your way into the key and play along a little bit? Um, roughly. And it depends on who you compare me to. Okay. You know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and harps, I mean, explain real quickly. Uh, is it like a harmonica? It's in a key? Is it, you know, you can play across the, the different keys? Okay, How does so that this work? is so exciting. I love talking about this stuff. Um, so the harp I have today, you tune it to the key you're going to be in. Okay. Um, but concert harps, as I'm making motions for a podcast that is on She's audio, raising her hand. Uh, yes. The tall ones. Um, you tune them. They're tuned in flats. Uh, modern day, they're called double action pedal harps, which I don't need to go into, but I just like to because I don't know. Um, so they're tuned in C flat, and then the pedals are not forward and reverse. They're flat, natural, sharp. And then some of the harps have little levers instead of pedals that make the half steps. When you were playing with the chicken, you were flipping something at the top yes. there. That was a lever. So that's just to make an <laughs> accidental. It's kind of like uh, sort of like the black keys on the piano. Okay. Interesting. My harp lesson for the day. I didn't know anything about that. Um, I'll be glad to come back and give you another harp lesson. (laughs) I mean, especially if I get free water. (laughs) Um, It's time for song number two. Okay. What is it? Is it 
Um, I think this is the one that you've Lawrence been referring. Yeah, this is the one you've been referring <laughs> to all these times. Can you tell I've been thinking about these? Yes. <laughs> what do you want to talk? Oh, about? Oh, I'm talking about it first. Okay. Well, if you want so, to, sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's up to you. And then that gives me time to remember things during the song. Okay. Uh, so, like I'm sure I've said, a lot of the music I know. I know because of Lawrence Welk, because um, you know he had all those varieties of hits and stuff covered by his artists um, or the artists on his show. Um, between that and playing from fake books, and then there's also always Looney Tunes, you know, that it oh, exposes yeah, yeah. you to music. Um, but anyways, so usually every like Saturday and or Sunday, I would go to my grandparents' house. They lived across the street from us. Um, like their backyard was to our front yard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd go over there, and we'd have they'd order pizza. My grandpa was very um, not methodical, but like routine oriented, uh-huh. um, tradition oriented. Um, so I would go over there. We'd have pizza, probably have ice cream. Uh, my grandma and I would watch Lawrence Welk. But not only would I go over there, you know, across the street and through their backyard, but usually I would have to lug a TV with me, like one of those little <laughs> portable things. Okay. Um, and it had a VCR thing. A little TV-VCR yeah. combo thing? Yeah. 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 And, um, like mom still has one of those in the garage. You hear that, mom? I'm talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would take it and I would record it because um, this was, you know, when VHS So you were bootlegging Lawrence Well, I don't think I knew that, though. Um <laughs> But yes, I, I was. I think you were allowed with VHS. I were think you? They, I think that was yeah. Oh, okay. That was cool. Well, if not, don't nobody report me. Don't nobody report me. That's hard. I have a degree in English, everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would record it, and then I don't know if I watched them back a lot or not. But I remember making a recording of it was either Guy and Rolna singing um, "Old Fashioned Love Song" from um, Three Dog Night. Or Rolna singing Windy by the association. But anyway, I think I had a recording of it on my little girl. I think it's called a girl talk, like this little recorder thing, and listening to it. And, like, it was this really wonky recording, like, or something. Anyway. About what year would it have been? Ooh. uh, Let's see. Probably, like, early 2000s, late 90s. Oh, could it have been a a talk girl? Yes! That was it. Thank you. it It was the pink version of the talk boy. Which was popular popularized by Macaulay Culkin in um in the Home Alone movie. The, oh, the little oh. gray recorder thing that he used to fake his dad's voice. Oh. You're so good. Yes. He's our extra brain. So the t- yeah, the talk girl. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I didn't think girl talk sounded quite right. Oh. Well, shall we listen to Bubbles in the Wine? Sure. And this is the theme song, right? This it's is, the this opening like, theme. Yeah, this is everybody. Uh, and I can do this thing. <laughs> I just had to share that in case anyone needs one of those. Uh, The Bubbles in the Wine by Lawrence Welk. Theme song, opening theme to his long-running TV show. This was recorded in 1939. Ever play like a version of that on the harp? I have. I have. Actually, some of the notes were kind of going through my head. Do you uh, see the notes in your head when you hear music like that? Not really. No? Not really. A lot of times, like... If I know the song, I think, like, the note names. But I don't have absolute pitch or anything where, like, I can't say, oh, well, that's a C. Right. Um, which is really good because I don't like to tune the harp all the time. Are there, are there, <laughs> are there, any, um, are there any covers you really like to do? Oh, yeah. That are, like, non-harp songs? Yeah. Um, like, I really like to play Girls Like You um, by Maroon 5. That's really fun. Okay. Um, I know, right? From Lawrence Welk to Maroon 5. Um, but, yeah, I played that on my America's Got Talent audition. So um, America's Got Talent uh, Yeah, audition. I didn't make it, but okay. I got to be on, like, the Tampa News or something. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, so I love playing that kind of stuff. Um, 
now I'm forgetting every song I've ever played on the harp too. Um, but, but yeah, so I like I like playing like top forty type stuff. Were you ever tempted to play the accordion? Actually, I wanted to bring that up. Uh, yes, actually, I have an accordion at Professional home. Professional over here. <laughs> you're good. You're good. I have an accordion at home, and I'm pretty sure why I had to start playing accordion was because of Myron Florin from the Lawrence Welk show, who I also met. Is that like their like first accordion? Yes. Yes. He, oh no, no, he's like the main accordion. Yeah, yeah, like their f- uh, first chair accordion. First chair accordion. Yeah. Um, yeah, so – and I got it out not too long ago. There, Hopefully there will be a video coming up on my YouTube channel of me struggling. Um, but – Having taken – you know, you know how to play the piano enough. Does that immediately lend itself to the accordion other than the sort of the physicalness of it having to do it all? It helps. Yeah, I'm – well, I'm absolutely not an accordion aficionado. But um, – so the keys are like a piano, only sideways. And then the ones that have the keyboards and then the ones that have the buttons, if you know music theory, that really helps too. And um, ones that have the buttons, what's the, is that playing chords of? Yeah, yeah. Each, yeah. Bu- each button is like a built-in in-key chord. I play I'm a imp- bunch of instruments too. So. You play accordion? No, but I know how they work. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm sorry if I just spit on the microphone. That, <laughs> Don't cut that part that, out. That's my true character. That we wouldn't think about it. The the that kind of fact is the kind of thing I remember for one use like just now and I, then unfortunately I'll never be important ever again. I don't know. I'll just come back so you can use that somewhere. <laughs> so all of your musical choices are not necessarily traditional contemporary stuff. Because I'm a weirdo. Is that? I, I was going to say, what does that say about you? But I guess that because you're, you're a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. I mean, I don't know if that's why, but I am absolutely a weirdo. Do you think that it's because you were raised by a harpist? I don't think so. I think it's just the music that I was raised around. Um, does your I, mom listen to music that's not... Stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. She was she I think grew up a lot of like the like the teeny bopper and also like disco type stuff. My dad is the one where I learn about like deep purple and all that kind of stuff, which I didn't really get into until I don't know, probably like college ish age. Has streaming music and uh the way streaming sites will feed music up to you turned you on to anything musically? Where you're like, Oh well, I accidentally was exposed to that and now I love it. Oh, yes, I'm a horrible guest, not that I can think of, but I'm sure it has. No, but but... No, no is an okay answer. Yeah, no, a lot of times, like, I think of what I want to go for, and I like it when I like the song, like, that I can hum with or sing with or whatever. I mean, by myself, sing with it, because you don't probably want to hear me. Um, Got any but... TV theme songs committed to memory that you'll sing for us? Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> no? Did you like that quick answer? Okay, I just said you can say no, so there you go. <laughs> Um, concerts. Have you seen many concerts in your life? Like, ooh, I don't know what that was. Um, like classical type concerts, any type of concerts? I was mostly rock aiming concerts. at, you know, rock or, okay. you know, non-classical. But okay. but start there and then go wherever. Okay. Um, so I'm not – I haven't been a huge concert goer probably partly because, like I said, I'm cheap. Um, but – when I was in high school, I went to see Barlow Girl, which was um, a Christian band of the time. They were three sisters. Um, so they were in the area. I saw them. Um, and then not it hasn't been too long ago that I started kind of getting into going to concerts. I saw um, Gwen Stefani with uh-huh. a friend of mine, which was really cool, really fun. Um, and I saw Switchfoot. And not too long ago, I got to volunteer at a Newsboys concert. And that was really cool because I didn't have to pay to go and I could go in and see it. Was it the one down here? Yeah. Uh, Alico? Yeah. I got. I was backstage. I got to eat across from Mike. 
get out. Yeah, it was really fun. My my dad works for a nonprofit, and they they were related to the concert, and so he he called me and was like, "Hey, do you want to hang out backstage with the newsboys?" You're so cool. Uh, no, my dad is cool. The concert was cool. But yeah. I'm so cool, I don't even know who they are. <laughs> I felt cool because I could go like right to the side of the stage, kind of. Because I, anyway, but yeah, so that was very cool. Have you ever traveled any any distance for a show of any kind? Uh, Gwen Stefani was in, I think, Tampa, but I have a friend who lives not far from there, so it was sort of, but not a lot. Have you ever been? No, oh, go ahead. Oh, and if you go to those concerts, make sure you wear ear protection. Okay, I'm, I'm on an dis- ear protection high horse. That's a little disclaimer. Um, um, Karaoke, have you ever been roped into it? You seem like you're not a singer, but you know, karaoke is one of those things that sometimes it's a rock and a hard place. I've been slightly roped into it and I'm I don't feel like I'm very successful. Have you do you remember what you may have sung at a karaoke <gasps> session? There was I think it was a ZZ Top song, but I don't remember it wasn't Sharp Dressed Man because that's the only one I know. <laughs> I think, I th- I sure think it was ZZ Top. Top. I'm not sure. And I remember either me or my friend did creep. Which oh. I didn't know at the time. That's how I remember that. Wow. Um, how do you do creep without knowing it? Well, maybe it was my friend. Or it really <laughs> you probably were just doesn't. Along. It probably really doesn't sound that different. Well, there you go. Uh, what about dancing? Are you a dancer? I um I grew up dancing. Actually, oh, yeah. one of the songs we're gonna the next song has to do with that. If you want me to wait till then, or if you want me no, to no, let's go out. ahead and have, he, head on to song number three. What's okay. the deal? So it's the happiest Christmas tree. Uh-huh. Another song from way didn't back when. make me think of dancing, but go no, ahead. Well, I mean, you know, you just don't have the memories that I do <laughs> yeah, yeah, until yeah. today. Um, so growing up, I grew up dancing at Dance Boche, one of the, oh, which yeah. is actually how I know Kylie. Yeah, yeah. How well, I mean. Sort of like how I know who Kylie is, but she didn't know who I was. Right. And then I don't say her last name right. And now I feel like a jerk and I'm going to think about that for five years. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so so I grew up dancing there. Tap was my what I mostly did. I did ballet and then I stopped and just did tap through graduating from high school. Wow. Then, and that would have been with like Mom Boche. Yes, yeah. Jean Boche. Jean. I couldn't yeah. think of her name, so I figured Mom yeah. would work. <laughs> yeah. My grandpa actually went to high school with her. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. I'm just full of all these in remarkable connections. Not so, me. So just you have deep know. Fort Myers roots in your family. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We're not the fancy old Fort Myers. We're the not fancy Second ones. Second way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm like, I'm old school, but not old school. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm like fourth generation Lee County or, or Florida or something. I don't – something like that. Well, that's still pretty old school, but continue back anyway, to the dancing okay, thing. Okay, so yeah. dancing, yeah. Um, so, yeah, through high school. Then I moved away for college, so I stopped dancing. Um then when I was a communication major at FGCU, I had an opportunity for a, a, another internship. And so I interned there helping them like with PR oh, and wow. stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I got back into taking classes and I got to help with some classes and everything like that. Um, and now where this happy Christmas tree song finally ties in, one of the Christmas recitals, I think I think they call it like a holiday dance party. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I got to be the happiest Christmas tree. Uh, complete with a green dress and a silver uh, – no, gold star on my head and red Christmas ball earrings that I had made because I'm very crafty like that. Um, and and during that recital, like I did that, I got to dance in a ballet, which I'm not dance like – I'm not built like a ballerina at all, disclaimer. Um, but I got to dance in like one of the ballet, ballet pieces and I think I had like three classes of students that I had worked with dancing. And so like it was all these costume changes and everything and it was – Probably the most fun recital of my entire life because I love that adrenaline type stuff, mm-hmm. and I felt so cool. Um, that might, I think that might have been one that I got to play harp at too. 
Anyway, so I just remembered that. Where was the recital? It was – I'm pretty sure it was downtown. It used to be First Baptist Church. Uh-huh. Now it's Citygate Ministries. Uh-huh. Yeah. In, in their gymnasium. Well, shall we listen to this? Oh, let's do. It's fabulous. The Happiest Christmas Tree by Nat King Cole released as a single. Oh, this is even newer than the other one. This is 1959. I, that's thanks to Elise Boucher that I'm getting, you know, up, up in closer times. What does that make you feel? Well, I still remember part of the dance. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Um, it's just – it was so fun and that song is so fun. Well, to me anyway. Did you pick that song? No. Um, actually, Elise, um, who's the director now of uh-huh. the studio, um, she had – I think she had heard it on like NPR or something. Like it was supposed to be like one of the most popular Christmas songs or something and neither one of us had ever heard of it. And um, I thought that somebody should dance to that song and I got to be the person <laughs> You know, and that that's like – that was released unironically, right? I mean back in 1959, that was just Christmas music. May, you know, I have no idea. I don't idea. know. Maybe it was. I don't know. I don't know. It's so over the top. But I love it. Well, and, and looking it up, it was like – it was released as a single but it wasn't necessarily on one of his kid two Christmas albums and apparently that wasn't even on one of the Christmas albums. It really? Was, yeah. You know more about it than I well, do. Well, that's what Wikipedia told uh, me. So. Well, you know that age-old you know, scholarly resource. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, that song made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> it's such a random song. Isn't it great? Yeah. Well, you don't have to think it's great. That's Do you know okay. if it was ever in a movie? It seems like you could see it like in like a, you know, like I could see it in a movie, but yeah. Wikipedia didn't tell me anything about that. I don't know. You'll have to figure it out and be a contributor. Ah. Yeah. To Wikipedia? Yes. Oh, no. I don't think I could do that. Oh, really? Yeah. Wikipedia gets a bad rap. Oh, no. I like Wikipedia. I just don't have time for that. Uh, oh. Um, I have an intern do it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you've been hearing any clicking, there's an intern in the building. She's awesome. <laughs> um, what was your process for choosing songs? Uh, for this uh Yeah, for thing? this, for for this, this podcast. This whatchamadoodle? Um, well, for actually, I had thought about it a long time ago when I first heard the podcast and if I ever got to be on it, um, but I've forgotten some of the songs that I chose. But anyway, um, first I started thinking with of like songs that influenced me um, and then I sent some to Richard and they didn't all really have stories with them. So then I updated it thinking of stories and it's kind of an agonizing process. And it is. I mean, not horribly agonizing, but you know, I mean – what if I choose the wrong song? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been through the process myself. I, my episode is out there, so I've been <gasps> oh, through I'm the process. Have to to and it. Richard was the pilot. If you go all the way back to the very beginning, episode zero is Richard. Yeah. Episode zero. Yeah, so yeah. we we lived through the struggle. Oh. And, and Tara has been through it yeah, as well. Tara did it too. And you know what? Um, it is. It's certainly true that that over time you start to go, oh, what if I had done that one or what yeah. if I don't? But, you know, you get the one crack. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I, and I sat here and Richard was the host when it was done and he was asking me questions that I wrote and I couldn't think up answers to him. So I understand what it's Thank like you. to be Thank in that you. position. Thank you. I was so nervous that I was going to say something really stupid, which, I mean, I have, but. Well, that's what we're here for. Oh, good. Uh, was there a fourth song that you had to cut? You went through a couple different renditions of your list, including um, your John Cage song. That was, oh, yes. That was pretty yes. clever. That we was one of the ones that I did. three stars for clever. Oh, we could have done a live presentation of it, but, I mean, I guess you didn't bite. Um, so, yeah, so John, the, the four minutes, 33 seconds, and then um, the artist Linda Rice, who I talked about, had um, a recording of They'll Know We Are Christians by Our Love. And I don't even really know the original version of that song. I just know hers, and um, it really, really 
influenced me. Um, I have an arrangement of it that I think is probably ridiculously similar. Um, I think Jars of Clay plays it. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, but so that's a, like a harp piece that's been really influential. If you could learn another instrument besides the accordion, kind of Matrix style, just like instantly, what would it be? Ooh, um, clarinet would be really cool. The first thing that came to my brain was nose flute, but I'll go with clarinet. Nose flute. Yeah, I bought one and I can't play it. I mean, I tried just a little bit. You would use your one superpower moment to learn. Well, nose I changed flute. it to clarinet. <laughs> which, on the side, my mom can play the harmonica with her nose. Um, wow. I know. I just wanted to throw that in because we're. A family. Do you ever play with your mom? Do you guys ever like you know collaborate somehow? We did one gig together of two harps, um, and then when I was in high school, I would I keep talking about high school, um, but I would have to practice like I'd have to fill in practice sheets for trombone, and so sometimes she'd play piano and like accompany me, and it was so much more fun. And she'd just play whatever she wanted, you know. But um, so yeah, we did that. If you're going to start a band, mm-hmm. what would it be, and what role would you play? Again, sort of with the I can play anything instantly mentality. Um, I would like to be the multi-instrumentalist who can play whatever they want. Um, and what else was I supposed to answer? That's, what kind of band would it be? Um, like what genre? Oh, it would be cool to have like a pop rock type band. But it would also be cool to do a Dixieland band or like a polka band. I don't know. What if you would like a Dixieland polka pop rock fusion? That's a great idea. I could throw some like heavy metal in there or screamo. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like if you could get the accordion going, you could do like a one one woman band like Bert in Mary Poppins. It was just when you said that about a one man band or one woman band, I was thinking of Mary Poppins. I wow, like we are. All you have the a same. warped mind, Richard. Yes. And you know, and you mentioned earlier about buying a CD at Goodwill. I bought a CD at Goodwill the other day, just on site. It was still wrapped in plastic, so whoever had bought it, it was called Goddess Polka Dottis. That thing's great. <laughs> it's it's really good. And and um and it's and it's like. I don't know. I can't even. Every every song on that album is different from every other song on that album. It sounds and like my brain. It's like um. It's like a, they're a New York based world fusion band, but yeah. way more than that, and very talented. Also, Goddess it, Polka Dottis. It like tricks you because like like one of the songs will start out, and you're like, oh, this is a jazz song. Like it's it's this is jazz. I know these instruments. I know this chord progression. And then on, you realize about two minutes in that you're listening to. Like um like sitar like Hindu sound like 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 Indian sounding music and and you don't remember it transitioning you just suddenly you're like this where'd the jazz go this is a different song but it's the same I'll song send, I'll send you the MP3s I wasn't I wasn't thinking I'm gonna have to email I'm gonna it's I'm a, gonna have to email you and be like who is that person you're talking about um uh, uh um, album. Do you listen to albums so far all your music seems piecemeal I was gonna say album you've listened to the most in your life. Oh, that's a really good question. Okay, it's <laughs> you're gonna not be surprised by this. Oh no, I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, this is a really hard question. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I can think of like several, like five that it could be, but like real quick, just one or two. Okay, um, Andrew Sisters and. Um, Wonder Rice, one of and one the of her best albums. of Lawrence Welk. <laughs> well, you know that just goes without saying. What would your fourteen-year-old self think of who you are now? Oh my goodness, I would probably be really surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't be surprised that I was playing harp. 
Um, but I would probably be surprised at like how my life has panned out and stuff like that. I mean, not in a necessarily bad or good way. Just you know, like you think you have everything planned out. Pfft, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, can you think of three people who you will share this podcast with? Who Ooh. you will recommend that we interview on it? Oh yeah, um, Katie Wyrick, Elise Boucher, and I know other people, but I guess. who's the first um, person I know? Oh, Elise Boucher. Okay, Katie Wyrick. Uh, she also graduated from FGCU. We met in the music department. Uh, she's a local singer singer songwriter. Okay, um, just released uh, her first studio album. She's a good friend. She's taught me a lot, like with my business. Okay, and then. A third person. Oh no. Um, ooh, that I'd recommend to be on this show. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you can edit out the silences. But I won't. <laughs> oh, okay. We're not. Um, As you got to hear me sing. Yeah, I was gonna say you sounded almost in key. Uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> almost, almost. I want to say Jim Brock, but he's already been on here, so that doesn't count. Too late. I know. Um, I think Sissy Graham Lynch would be a cool person to be on here, too. Who is she? She is Billy Graham's granddaughter. That sounds good. Yeah. Hmm. Is she local? She is, yeah. I was just listening to one of her podcasts on the way. What's her podcast? It's called Fearless. Um, it's about – I've only listened to one episode so far, but um, I believe its basis is like living a Christian life fearlessly. and huh. It's – it's really cool. The episode that I listened to, she sounded, you know, very, like, I don't know that convicted is the right word, but, like, not not necessarily budging on her faith, but also very kind about it, too. Hmm. So it was really cool. Well, reach out to them. Tag them on your social media, whatever. Draw attention to this and that, and then we'll try to connect and make that happen. That would be awesome. You know, believe it or not, I was thinking about people to recommend, and then you asked me and – it's a question we've a- answered or we've a- added more recently and we keep forgetting to warn our guests beforehand. Every week I, we're like, next time warn them. <laughs> I think the off the cuff is nice. Okay. Plus then I don't feel as goofy for having five years of silence. There you go. Um, any songs? This is our last question before we get to your parting tune. Are there any songs that you will always avoid listening to if you're exposed to them on accident? Not really. No, I mean – Nothing that – I might change some of them, but I mean, like if somebody was singing them in public, I probably wouldn't go like this. You know, I'll cover my ears. That's what I'm doing as I'm looking at the microphone. But if you're driving down the radio or the road in the radio and something comes on, is there something that'll just immediately, even just a genre or just something that'll be like, yeah, I'm moving on from that? That's a good question. I'm. I'm going to be driving home or wherever I'm going next, which is not home. I'm going out of town. But you didn't care about that either. Um, and think, oh, yeah, this is it. No. I'm not a huge saxophone music fan. Okay. Um, never really have. I mean, not that they're horrible, but I give them a bad rap too. But So I'm not Huey a – Lewis in the news. They had saxophones, I right? Oh, good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Kenny, I mean, Kenny G. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing against Kenny G. I just – I just – I. When I was in middle school, I think it started when I was in middle school band and like, you know, honk and stuff like that or high school band. One extra last question. If you could collaborate with any musician alive or dead on stage with your harp, who would it be? Ooh, Right now, I think it would be really cool to collaborate with Lauren Daigle. Who's Lauren Daigle? She um, 
Again, she's a Christian music artist, um, but she's gone, like, she's also been in the mainstream. She's kind of blown up recently. She's saying, um, You Say. I don't know if you know that song. Okay. Anyway, I think she's on Ellen and all that stuff, too. Um, so, yeah, I think she's pretty cool. Okay. Well, it's time for your parting tune. Okay. Uh, what are you going to play? I'm going to play Jesus Loves the Little Children, and I'm going to play it on my little lap harp. And last night when I was thinking about what to play, I decided on that song, as I'm pointing to you, um, because... When I was in elementary school, I played that on this song in a talent search. Um, I played that in this song. No, I played that song on this harp in a talent search. Same harp. Same harp. Same harp. This was the first harp that was mine. Her name is Alice. Um, So that's why I decided on this song. And hopefully I remember it. I tried to – it's a different arrangement, but we'll see. Well, get your harp. And I will read some credits as you get ready. Can you – Do I leave these on? uh, It's up to you. I'll feel cool. I'll leave them on. Yeah, it's up to you. If you could just, uh, you know, kind of peck along to it a little bit, and I'll read some uh, credits over you pe- pecking along to it. Just play oh, a little, gonna, a, little improvisational okay. intro. Excellent. Now you're going to put me on the spot for improving. We make this podcast in the studios of WGCU Public Radio at Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer. Our executive producer is Chris Duffus. Our theme song was made by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Mart at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. And we got photography help today from our new intern, Julia Bonavito. Got it. For this week's parting tune, we're handing it off to Barbara and her travel harp named Alice. Go for it. Next time on Three Song Stories. This song will evoke um, an emotion from you. But if you have a daughter. I have one. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah, we'll all get the tissues out.